Hello and welcome to Kyle's Internal Monologue, Episode 3. Today we are discussing Babylon 5's second episode. Uh, if you don't count the pilot movie, which we covered in our very first episode, uh, Soul Hunter. Soul Hunter is this weird, weird sort of episode where it sets up some stuff that's going to be very important later. However, it is kind of a one-and-done story. We only see the Soul Hunters with the exception of, like, a obligatory shot in uh, Called Arms, not Called Arms, uh, in the beginning. We see them again in the, uh, in the uh, made-for-TV movie with... Uh, with uh captain lockley and all that but i won't get into that for spoilers um but uh they they don't really appear anymore and uh it's kind of like a well and done kind of murder not murder mystery but it kind of has the freak of the week style csi law and order uh style of uh of, uh, of storytelling uh in in james has talked about this how uh, a lot of the ideas he had uh, a lot of the serialization and whatnot was just not compatible with TV production in the 90s. So, especially in the early seasons, there's a lot of one-and-done episodic storytelling, but it all builds on it itself, establishes character arcs, establishes important stuff, so that when we do get to this, the really super-serialized seasons, everything from before pays off. Um, so, so especially this first season when he talks about that Warner Brothers was looking over his shoulder for this first season. It's not until the second season that he has ultimate creative control and can do whatever he wants. Um, so the, so the first season ultimately ends up having a lot of, uh, episodic stuff, some of which comes back, some of which doesn't. We did get some interesting stuff this episode. It is, it's an enjoyable episode uh, for the most part. It has some stumbles, I think. Uh, it's one of the earlier episodes that was shot. Uh, this isn't Infection, which is the very first episode shot, actually. For some odd reason, the production order was off. Uh, starting with Season 2 onwards, the production order will and the airing order will be the same, which means that there was no oddities there, but... This first season, some of the episodes are completely filmed out of order, and as such, there's just this odd... Uh, you, you can really tell. It's this odd thing where the actors don't really have a feel for the characters. They're just kind of off. Some of it just feels a little wooden. Um, and, but it, when we get to infection in two weeks, you'll, you'll really be able to see that because that was the very first episode they shot, and it's very noticeable in the way people act and just all that just does not work the way it should uh soul hunter uh it's a bit better on that end however you can tell that they're still trying to get used to them uh to to their characters uh claudia christensen is still playing ivanova as though she has an accent which is not something i brought up last time but you can tell that the character's dialogue is written to be uh, to have an accent because she is russian However, Claudia Christensen is not Russian and does not play the character with a Russian accent either. So, uh, despite the character's background being Russian, and we will bring up the fact that she is Russian repeatedly, and that will be an ongoing character trait, and is very important to her pessimism, which is integral to that character. That character is in a huge cynic, and she has to believe in something, and that, that will become an important plot point many seasons down the road. Um, she's still being played with this... Uh, this accent that isn't there. So some of her dialogue is a bit clipped and a bit odd. 
Um, so that will eventually go away. Go away once Claudia Christensen gets a hang on the character. We get the introduction of Doctor Franklin, who replaces Benjamin Kyle, who is mentioned. Benjamin Kyle will be mentioned at least two to three more times from memory serves. Uh, if memory serves about uh, so so we know we don't forget about the characters that left. They will be mentioned. They uh, they will be brought up a couple of times, and uh, some of the, sometimes they'll have larger impacts than you are expecting. I mean, Lita's gone, and <laughs> yeah, she was only in the pilot, but uh, she's going to have a massive impact later. Uh, so, uh, and then Laurel will be brought up in a, a few episodes from now, and then Dr. Kyle was mentioned here, and then he's going to be mentioned a couple more times as well. Uh, but Dr. Franklin is instantly likable. He's uh, he's just this very nice, approachable man, and you can really tell that about him and the way he talks. Um, and you can especially see that in contrast to Ivanova in the scene where they are sending the coffin out, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, now, we find out some interesting backstory about the Minbari. We, uh, we find out that they had a great leader called Dukat, who uh, basically he was considered one of the great souls of the Minbari. And the Minbari were so afraid of the soldiers getting his soul that they literally built a wall of bodies to prevent him, and uh, from to, to prevent him from uh, prevent the soul hunters from getting his soul. Uh, now, of course, uh, the Minbari, uh, as already established, are uh, they, they they believe in souls of a sort. And what I love about Babylon 5 is it doesn't state souls exist or souls don't exist. It, it's up to an interpretation what exactly the soul hunters are acquiring and whether there are truly souls. Um, it is entirely an interpretation and that will become an important plot point later about the entire idea of souls and do they exist and how do you explain it scientifically or religiously or mystically, whatever. It has different explanations but all means the same thing, basically. Um, the the soul hunters are an interesting concept they 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 are they're able to sense death and then they 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 come in in the way the way they sense death is actually really cool we get to see that through the intercutting of the lurker which are the homeless on babylon 5 uh who's gonna get murdered and then cutting in between the soul hunter and the heartbeat that plays over it and then the the, the murder and then the 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 soul hunter opening his eyes, but they're, they're preservers. They they're basically brainiac. They want to preserve this form of life to be studied, basically. And to, uh, in uh, he has an interesting quote, uh, where where they the the soul hunters preserve only the special people, the leaders, the thinkers, the poets, the dreamers, blessed the lunatics. Um, they do not just take everyone. It is only particular people. Uh, and you notice that when Franklin asks him a question, he doesn't even bother. He's just like, ask the commander's Membari friend. But the moment Sinclair asks him anything, he answers. So obviously Sinclair is of some importance. Uh, to what importance is left up to the imagination? And of course, uh, we get some interesting reveals about Delenn. He name he names her goes. You were there. You're, they called you Sitai, and then we find out at the, at the end that the the, the Sitai is an honorific title used by the ruling council, the Minbari, known as the Grey Council. So, why would a basically one of the rulers of Minbar 
be an ambassador to Babylon 5. Isn't that a bit strange? Um, of course, this is me being coy because, yes, this will all be answered and does make sense. But right now it's left up in the air and it's building a mystery. And JMS is really good at building mysteries. That is one of his great strengths as a writer is to build intriguing mysteries to make the reader or the viewer the, just the audience in general to come back and find out the answers um so before i go into the spoiler section which i don't have a whole lot on is the uh is the entire ivanova and franklin scene it's probably one of my favorite scene in the entire episode and it's very short like less than two minutes where we get the uh, you know, from the stars we came to the stars we return. Uh, we, we get that prayer that Ivanova says. Obviously, she's, show, she's not only showing respect, but it's also showing that she is in some form religious. Um, of course, that will become something important to her. I think I think her religion is brought up next episode, my memory serves. Uh, if not, it'll be brought up very, very soon. Um, so... Uh, and, 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 and then we get the, 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 the interesting deal of Franklin, who is an optimist. He believes in the good of people. Uh, and uh, he goes, you know, life is so short. You, you, you finally figure it out, and then it's over. And, uh, you know, uh, how sad that is. And Ivanova, just straight-faced, goes, it doesn't matter. We're human. We would always make the same mistakes, no matter what. And, of course, it's, the end is played off as a joke of, uh, you're, you're a pessimist. No, I'm Russian. We understand these things. But you, you really get that internal battle of, of the, the, the pessimism and the optimism and how sometimes they are two sides of the same coin. They have very similar outlooks. Just one is a bit more positive and the other one's a bit more negative, hence the terms. But uh, we see how... Uh, that that will obviously become an important aspect of this series later on is do, do you believe that people can be better? Uh, and Ivanova's story arc is almost entirely wrapped around her pessimism and can she get over her pessimism? Um, and so I think it's a really good scene that really shows off the, the, the highs of both characters, but especially of Ivanova as this will start becoming her arc. Um, now, I'm going to get into spoilers. Don't have a whole lot this week. Um, so, of course, we don't know a great deal. Of, uh, the reason why this is the spoiler section is because we don't know a great deal about Mimbari culture as of yet. We know that they believe in souls, and that's about it. Now, spoilers, obviously, they they believe in reincarnation, and they believe in uh, the idea that uh, a soul can be... Uh, a soul is a piece of the universe that we are the universe made manifest the universe trying to figure itself out so the soul hunter is abhorrent to them because you are plucking out part of the universe uh, to quote the soul hunter you you know uh, you, 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 you see in them uh, endless reflections mirrors upon mirrors uh, they are they, they, they believe they are constantly being reborn and that they're constantly the universe trying to figure itself out and discovering more and more about itself each lifetime. So the, that's why Dylan has such an adverse reaction to the Soul Hunter and it's perfectly understandable from her perspective anyway. Um, I do love uh, the 
the, the fact that uh, this will actually come back in season three. The they're using you. They're using you. Everybody remembers this scene. Uh, you know, because in the original plan, Sinclair is not Valen. That is something that was added to uh, to wrap up that story after Michael O'Hare had to leave. Originally, he was supposed to be, once again, the sole thing. The idea, of course, as revealed in Season 2, is that uh, Mimbari souls are being born into human bodies. So, in order to counterbalance it, Delin goes through her transformation, and then Sinclair and her have a child who's half-human, half-Mimbari, and of course, that then leads to the joining of the species that is the original plan of course some of that gets ported over sinclair not sinclair sheridan uh david the uh the child of sheridan and Alin is a lot less important in the redraft uh and of course sinclair becomes valen and that still fits into the idea of course as i said it's all up to interpretation Membari souls are being born into human bodies. Yeah, because the Membari bloodline isn't pure. They're part human now. Uh, so uh, naturally, it would, it would the, the the species are becoming one when they used to be two. Uh, now this is a very minor thing, but I uh, but we get the introduction to Grath, who's like the grasshopper mob boss uh, guy. Uh, he, he'll appear in a couple more episodes. Uh, but an interesting fun fact: he's He's mentioned all the way up to season five. I find that funny for such a minor character that most people forget about because the, the the mob angle on Babylon Five isn't such a big thing, uh, isn't a massive focus. Uh, but Nagrath is actually mentioned several times all the way up until season five, the final season. So it's actually quite fun to 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 know that Nagrath was there even very early on. And now, of course, the the and then the final note is Delin is obviously a member of the council. We figured that out. But why share? As we know, be spoilers. You know, is uh, she's there looking after Sinclair. Uh, as far as she's concerned, he is. Valen reborn, so she has to make sure he is okay and taken care of. Of course, that, as mentioned previously, is not in the original plan. How, uh, however, uh, it still fits with the redrafted version after M Michael O'Hare departs the show. Um, so uh, it, it's pretty cool uh, being able to watch this. I, I've done it before, but I'm doing it again of rewatching this and knowing all the answers, it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. That's what's great about Babylon 5 is that no matter how many times you watch it, the first time is very different from every other time because you don't know the answers. But every other subsequent time, you know the answers, and it is fascinating to watch him set up these mysteries and then gracefully answer them over time. Uh, even with all the limitations he had in Season 1 to do what he wanted to do, he was still doing it with such grace and wonderful storytelling and... Uh, just fantastic show but as i said this was gonna be a short one because that this is a very minor episode it has some good setup uh but it is not overall important to the rest of the series and i expect that most episodes will be this length going forward uh, with a rare exception of a few episodes that are super important that i have a lot to say 
Uh, it is an overall pretty decent episode. Has some stumbles here and there. It does feel a bit like a freak of the week, but it's still a pretty good episode overall. So thank you for joining me. And next week we will be covering Born to the Purple, a Londo-focused episode, which introduces the character Adira Tairi, who is super, super important to Londo's ongoing arc. See you then. Thank you.